Hi guys and thank you for joining me again for this episode of the Back Your Chat podcast. Uh, it is fight day, it's Saturday, um, we are heading into Whitaker versus Till, the uh, fourth and final instalment of the uh, of UFC's Fight Island cards. Um, it's been a fairly successful run I think, um, the, the whole sort of Fight Island um, gimmick if you like that UFC were going for um, seems to have, have worked out quite nicely all the fighters seem to be happy coming back from it there's only really one major fight that was uh, called off due to the coronavirus which to be honest if you ask me that was a little bit of uh, dodgy dealing in the background going on there by Dana um, I don't truly believe that Gilbert Burns tested positive uh, I think it was obviously a pay-per-view event um, I don't think we did been trending very well your hardcores were quite looking forward to Usman versus Gilbert Burns, but really, no, your casual fan wasn't, let's be honest. So it was probably looking at about sort of five, six hundred thousand buys, if that. Last minute change, Jorge Masvidal steps in and it ends up doing 1.3 million and, and the joint fourth highest pay-per-view buy of all time uh, in terms of UFC cards. So I think it was a bit of a business move there. Um, it wasn't trending the right way, so they made a call with a week to go. Um, obviously, it's easy to do with this coronavirus. Everything's going on. Easy to do. Yeah, positive test. No one can argue, really. Let's get Jorge Masvidal in, who goes and uh, obviously sells out the pay-per-view and, and does a you know pretty good account of himself, really, and now looking for the rematch with a uh, with a proper fight camp. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, with, with all that being said, let's jump into uh, Whitaker versus Till. Um, tonight's card let's be breaking out it's a big one tonight 15 15 fights um, which I, I can't remember a card in a long time with this many fights on so not going to be uh, going into every single fight don't want to bore you guys so uh, so just going to pick out a few of the big fights that uh, and, and a few of the uh, perhaps underdogs uh, where hopefully if you are a betting man you can uh, or woman um, you can make a bit of money on so uh, yeah stay tuned and uh, I'll be jumping into that straight away this episode of the Back Your Chat podcast is brought to you by Lily and Bo Prince. If you're looking for something to commemorate what has been a really tough time with lockdown 2020, then head over to Instagram or Facebook and search for Lily and Bo. So Lily and Bo, all one word, L-I-L-Y-A-N-D-B-O-W, and check out the amazing options available. The bestseller is the rainbow print, which you can personalise with your friends and family's names, as well as adding your beloved pets. Half full proceeds of the lockdown 2020 prints go to charity, to the NHS charities together. So not only will you be getting a beautiful print, but you'll also be helping a fantastic cause. Again, head over to Instagram or Facebook, search Lily and Bo to check out the options. So tonight then, UFC fight night, Whitaker versus Darren Till. Uh, like I say, the last fight at Fight Island in Abu Dhabi over there. So we're uh, going to have a look at a few fights on the prelims. Bit of a British invasion this card, which is uh, fantastic to see. So many sort of young Brits getting a uh, a bit of a a bit of a go here in the UFC. Obviously, a few that have uh, are well experienced. Kicking off the uh, the whole fight night is Nathaniel Wood. I really like Nathaniel Wood. Um, I think he's a hot prospect. Um, he's only a young guy, uh, but he's got. I think about 20 fights under his belt already. Um, coming off um, a tough fight uh, last time out where I think he lost a decision. No, he got knocked out by John Dodson, didn't he? Which uh, obviously a tough night at the office, but was on a, a 
pretty good um, win streak before that with some impressive impressive performances. Uh, looking at his record, so two submissions, both by Rear Naked, naked Choke, um, and then a, a submission before that, Das against Johnny Eduardo. So three three fight submission streak before he got stopped by John Dodson in the UFC. So um, a guy that, to be honest, I, I would expect him to be a little bit higher up on this card. Um, I, I think he is a bit of a name. But yeah, for for whatever reason, he's starting the uh, starting the fight night off. Um, he's a big favourite against John Castaneda, who uh, is coming um, coming across from. Oh, this is annoying that I can't think of what it's called. Um, but anyway, he's coming from across from another promotion. Um, the let me just have a look there because that's going to annoy me. If I don't know things, it really annoys me. So I have to find out. Uh, Find out where he's coming from. Um, very unprofessional, I know, but there you go. It's Combate Americas, of course it is. Um, Alberto Del Rio's uh, promotion. But uh, but yes, he's coming off the back of that. He was the, ch- the champion there at one point. Um, comes with a bit of a, a decent background. Probably shouldn't be the, as big a underdog as, as he perhaps is um, in terms of the odds. But I do think Wood gets uh, gets back in the win column here with a pretty dominant performance. Um, I don't know whether he does get the finish, to be honest. I think he, he probably gets a decision, but I think it's pretty dominant for him. Um, and he gets his hand raised uh, in the end. Um, n- another good fight um, on the prelims um, is Jay Herbert versus Francesco Trinaldo. Trinaldo still going strong at about 40 nine thousand years old whatever he is um he look well he looks about that age but he is in his 40s um i i do like jai herbert here a little bit biased he's from the midlands as am i so uh he's from wolverhampton i'm i'm from leicester so uh so yeah i've got to go with him i suppose um to get the uh, to get the knockout fantastic record uh of 10 wins um eight of them coming by way of knockout Although, interestingly enough, Trinaldo has never been knocked out. Um, for as many miles as he's got on his clock, um, he's been stopped by submission, but he's never been knocked out. But I, I do fancy uh, fancy Jai to be the first person to do it tonight. Um, so, yeah, I, I can imagine you get some pretty decent odds on that as well. So, uh, not probably worth a little bit of a, maybe a little bit of a flutter there if you're a, if you're a gambling person. But, uh, but yeah, I like the look of him um, in, the, in that spot. Um, so, yeah, that, that's a couple of the fights. There's, there's some pretty decent fights on the undercard. Uh, sorry, on the prelims. But, uh, but, yeah, I don't really want to d- dive into all of them too much. Tom Aspinall. Um, Tom Aspinall, I do like the look of him. Um, again, another English guy to to get the win over Jake Collier, who's been out for about three years. Um, Collier has making a return. Um, so, yeah, I do fancy Tom Aspinall there as well, which should be a good fight. Um, jumping into the uh, the main card again, a, a lot of fights on this six fight main card, which is uh, one or two more than the UFC normally go for. Um, kicking it off uh, is Kamzat Chimaev, who's coming off a think a two week turnaround. Um, fought at Fight Island on the uh, Usman versus Masvidal card. Um, got a got a very good win there, so uh, he's he's on a quick turnaround against Reese McKee, uh, promotional newcomer. Um, I do think Chimaev gets the uh, gets the win here. Um, unbeaten as well. It looked superb in his last fight. So uh, you can't. I, I don't think you can really look past him too much. Um, but yeah, he he is looking at the odds now. He is the biggest uh, biggest favorite on the card at twelve to one on. So uh, probably one to steer clear of unless you're, you're an underdog backer and fancy Reese McKee to get the upset. But uh, but I would fancy Chimaev to get the uh, to get the win there, um, get some good momentum going and uh, and, and build that brand. 
Uh, next fight above that is Cowboy Oliveira, um, so the Brazilian Cowboy versus Peter Sabota. Um, another one, um, obviously mentioned that Jake Colley's been out for a couple of years. Another one in, in Sabota um, that has been out for a couple of years. And again, I'm going with, the. I know um, Dominic Cruz says it's not real, but a little bit of ring rust. Um, yes, it's good to have that bit of a break, rest yourself. But if it's, if it's due to injuries and that kind of thing, first fight back against Cowboy Oliveira is a tough fight a tough tough day at the office that is uh, a guy who who's obviously well known for his striking he's a very good jiu-jitsu player but doesn't really like to uh, to use it too much he he prefers to uh, to stand up and, and use his kickboxing um i i fancy Oliveira here to get the knockout um perhaps in the second round but i yeah Oliveira here with the uh, with the ko for me very interesting fight next time up is paul craig versus okay forgive me here uh, Gadzimurad Antagulov. Um, don't know a lot about Antagulov. I must be must be honest. But but uh, Paul Craig, obviously everyone's favourite Scotsman. Um, you can never count him out of a fight. Let's be honest. He he he's never out of it. Um, holds a record. Um, I don't know whether it is actually a record, but um, his win over Kennedy Enjikwanu um, when he uh, submitted him with four minutes and twenty. Sorry, forty seconds left on the on the uh, on the fight. He was getting pretty well beaten up before that, but yeah, got got the slipped in the triangle choke and won. Um, his submissions, you, you you they just come from everywhere. They attack you from everywhere. You you don't know when the next one's coming. Um, I do think he gets the uh, he gets the win here. Um, again, that is purely because I don't really know a lot about. Antigulov, I'll be I'll be completely honest, uh, but I do like Paul Craig. He's uh, always wears the face paint and and he's a he's a character. Um, Braveheart comes out too, so yeah, I, I fancy here. He's, he's a little bit tall. He's got a bit of a longer reach as well. Which um, looking at Antigulov's record, um, again another jiu-jitsu practitioner. So um, Paul Craig, twelve wins, eleven of them by submission. Antigulov, twenty wins with fifteen submissions. So. You know, <laughs> doesn't take a rocket scientist to uh, to perhaps say this may end up on the ground at some stage, but with these fights, they sometimes do end up becoming a, sh a pure striking match because they kind of cancel each other out. Um, they want to prove each prove themselves on the feet, and with that sort of taller, longer reach, perhaps Paul Craig can use that to his advantage. Stop Antigulov coming in for takedowns, and also keep him on the end of a jab. So I fancy Paul Craig getting the win here. Um, I don't really see it going the distance. Whoever wins, um, I think there will be a either a, a cheeky TKO or, uh, or or a submission flying in there for for one of the guys. Um, but I'm going Paul Craig via via stoppage. Um, I don't see it going the uh, going the distance, like I say. Um, next fight on the card: Marina Rodriguez versus Carla Sparza. Interesting one here. So Esparza um, is ranked higher than, than Rodriguez, uh, ranked number seven. Rodriguez, uh, sorry, Esparza is ranked seven, Rodriguez number nine. But she is a bit of an underdog going into the fight. Um, I actually like Esparza in this spot. I don't really like her, I must admit. I, I don't really like her gimmick. Um, obviously, she came through the ultimate fighter. Didn't really take to her too much there, to be honest. Um, but... She's been there. She's done that. Obviously, the first ever um, flyweight champion of the UFC. Um, yeah, she, she's she's been there, done that, got the T-shirt. She's not going to be nervous. She, you know, she's been there. Um, last fight out a couple of months ago against Michelle Waters and the Karate Hottie. Um, got a split decision. 
So she's coming off the back of a win. She's going to be in, in good form. Um, Marina, Rod, uh, Marina Rodriguez, um, she's coming off the back of a, uh, of, of a draw. Um, she is unbeaten, but with two draws on her record. Um, a majority draw against Cynthia Calvillo, who's a tough, tough opponent. Um, but I fancy Esparza here to get the uh, to get to get the win. I think that obviously with her the takedowns are key. I think she tried ten attempts in her last fight, executing one or something like that. And uh, and and in last in the sorry in Rodriguez's last fight, she had pretty good takedown defense as well. So if Esparza can get those takedowns, then I feel obviously she wins. Um, but whereas Rodriguez, who I think threw a hundred strikes in the clinch last time out, so. That's what she's going to be looking to do. Um, if if Esparza does come in too close, that she'll be looking to get that clinch and, and land those knees and elbows. Um, but again, I'm going for the underdog here in, in Carla Esparza. Big three fights coming up on the card um, with the uh, sort of the main event, the co-main event and the co-co-main event. So the co-co-main event, Alex Gustafsson, retired a year ago. He's making his comeback, stepping up to heavyweight. If you listen to quite a lot of other fighters that, that have been in and around him, they don't see this being a problem. Most notably, Brendan Sharp, who's trained with him, said that he kind of was bigger than him when they were training. So um, cutting down to 205 was a bit of a problem. So actually, at heavyweight, it's not going to be too much of an issue for him. Um, so that that will be interesting to see. Against uh, the the veteran of all veterans in terms of heavyweight, Fabricio Verdum, he's been around forever. He's got wins over everyone. Um, he's got losses over everyone as well, but uh, but this should be a really really good fight. Um, I'm, it will be interesting to see how Gus actually copes at um, at heavyweight because sometimes fighters, I know, sort of Chael Sonnen talks about this that actually that weight cut focuses your mind. And for a guy that's been retired, um, he didn't want to do it anymore. Um, he actually cited sort of injuries and CTE and stuff like that. So coming back at heavyweight. Is that actually going to sort of play psychologically with him? Not having that weight cut, it's going to be easy to make the weight. Is he going to be 100% focused? And that's where I think somebody like Verdum, who he, he can do it everywhere. He can stand up with you or he can take it to the ground. I think he will look to take it to the ground against Gus. Um, and I think that's perhaps where he actually gets the win. Um, Gus has been susceptible to submissions in the past, two submission losses. And actually, again, another underdog who is a big underdog, actually, 11 to 4. So he's basically a 3 to 1 underdog. I fancy him to get the win, Verdum. Um, I, I like Gus a lot, but... I don't know. I just don't know whether he'll be there, perhaps mentally. Although he is a Viking, and you can never count him out. But again, I do fancy the underdog here in in Vadum. Um, co-main event, which uh, I'm not too excited for. Two guys that you know have been around for a long, long time. Uh, both big sort of knockout losses. Um, not, not as bad as perhaps a couple of fighters that, that are perhaps still fighting. Um, and Shogun Ryu has, has had a little bit of a, a comeback in the last couple of fights with a win over Tyson Pedro and then a draw over actually Paul Craig. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's Little Nog, obviously again, another guy that his last one, two, three, four, five, six fights, he's lost three of them by knockout. <sighs> yeah, do, do you want to see him get knocked out again? Not really. Um, nothing to prove. Obviously well into his mid-40s now. 
it doesn't need to prove anything, doesn't need to be here, but that's the fighter in these guys. Um, Shogun actually holds two decision wins over Lil Nog, which is why I'm going for him for the win. He's not actually too big of a favourite, um, but I do fancy uh, fancy Shogun to get the win here. Um, you could actually, yeah, you can make an argument that he'll stop Lil Nog. Like I've just said, he, he's susceptible to the knockout, but probably goes to a decision. Um, obviously, two guys, again, that have been around forever. Um, I, I don't think he he will get the get the knockout. Could be wrong, but I do fancy uh, I do fancy Shogun here to get the win. Um, like I say, probably via via decision. Then we get to the main event, my boy Darren Till, um, coming off the back of Liverpool's fantastic uh, trophy presentation this week. I am a big Liverpool fan. Apologies, um, but obviously Darren Till as well from Liverpool. Um, he's a Big, big, massive Liverpool fan. I know he uh, he did a, a bit of an advert with Steven Gerrard and became friends with him. Um, he's going to be pretty pumped up for this fight. Um, Robert Whittaker again, another guy who you can't really dislike. Um, he's he's a nice guy. Another one that came through the Ultimate Fighter comes across really well. He 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 loves the he loves the game. He, he's a superb fighter. Very very technical. As is Darren Till. So this is really going to be. Um, a striking show with, with the two of them. I don't think I can't see either of them going for a takedown, but it will be a technical masterclass on both sides, uh, which is why it probably will go the distance. Um, I, they're very evenly matched, um, so I don't really see perhaps a knockout happening. But I do see Darren Till getting the nod at the end of the day. I've got to go with him, um, the Liverpool connection, all that kind of stuff. And and, and I do just think he's uh, he's on he's on a bit of a comeback trail here. Um, obviously he's, he's had a couple of uh, couple of stoppage losses um, against Tyrone Woodley and Jorge Masvidal, um, submission against Tyrone, and then uh, then knockout against Jorge. But um, he, he's on the comeback trail. A split decision win against Kelvin. Um, I do fancy him to get the uh, to get the win against uh, Whitaker, who's who's had a bit of a um, a bit of a break. Um, I know he's he's not really touched on the reasons behind it, um, but uh, but yeah, I, I, uh, it's, it, it, this really is a, a pick 'em fight. It really is. It's fifty fifty either way. Uh, but I've and for that reason I've got to back Darren Till just because in a coin flip you've always got to back somebody you like. So yeah, that, that that's my thoughts on the card. Um, Again, fourth, uh, fourth and last on the uh, on the Fight Island series. So let's hope that uh, Darren Till can finish it with a bang and walk home with the with fifty k in his pocket. So as I mentioned there on the card breakdown, um, two older sort of fighters in the co-main event, which I don't really like to see. Um, a lot of them are taking a lot of a lot of blows to the head. Obviously, a lot of trauma, and that leads into the announcement this week of Mike Tyson making his comeback versus Roy Jones Jr. Um, apparently, he's doing a Legends League, so there's going to be a lot of old fighters coming back. Now they're calling them exhibition matches, and I, and I'd like to sort of get some clarity on that in terms of the exhibition. Will it be sort of a competitive spa, or is it going to be they're going in there trying to knock each other out? If it's a competitive spa, fine. The spectacle would be great. To see them sort of move around would be superb and count me in. If it's trying to knock each other out, do we need to see it? Do we need to see these guys uh, try just hurting themselves, basically? It doesn't bode well in the long run. No one wants to see them dribbling and not being able to string a sentence together. But 
they are fighters at the end of the day and, and that's what they do. Um, so, and I mean, I, say I, I, I will be watching, let's be honest, as everyone else will be. But uh, it would be an interesting event with this old Legends thing. Who they will get on, will they do a big undercard? Will they get proper Legends or will they get up and coming fighters? And they've just called it a Legends League. It's going to be an interesting one to keep an eye on. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know how I feel about it at the minute. I, again, I'm just going to wait and see what the uh, what what they, they sort of come out with. I know they were talking about having bigger gloves, um, so basically sparring gloves, so uh, so there's less impact. But will that mean that it is a, a bit of a competitive spar? Um, time will tell. Obviously, it's in a, a, a month or two. I think it's the end of August, is it? Or, or early September, I think they've announced it for. So it will be interesting to see the build-up to it, seeing these two guys. Obviously, Mike Tyson in unbelievable shape, dropped about sort of 10 stone to get down to where he is, back into sort of fighting shape. It still moves very quickly, but moving quickly, um, we haven't seen any sort of sparring videos from him. We've seen a lot of pad work. We've seen a lot of shadow boxing. Looks superb, looks quick. But does that translate to in-ring capabilities? No one really wants to see here a 50-odd-year-old man lying flat on his back um, when he's already gone out that way before. So do, do we need to see it? I don't know. I, I will sort of... I'll come back to you guys when uh, when we've got a little bit more information. Hopefully, uh, I will be a bit more decided on how I feel. But I just wanted to, to sort of make you guys aware if you hadn't seen the announcements that that is happening. Um, and I would like to see, get yours guys' feedback on it. Is it something you, you are clamouring for? Do you really want to see it? Or are you kind of like in the same camp as me um, where I need a little bit more information? And if it is just a, a competitive spa, great, superb. Let, let's see it and let's let's have an undercard be, be with other fighters on that, that are still sort of in their fighting um either prime or, or perhaps coming a little bit to the end of it not 10 years removed from it so uh, let me know what you guys think uh, obviously get it at me on uh, on instagram uh, twitter back your chat pod um have a look and uh, let me know your thoughts uh also want to have a quick uh, quick touch upon last night's bellator card before uh, before i leave you guys and let you get on with your day um Obviously, there's only a four-fight main card. They were sort of testing the waters, Bellator, with this uh, behind closed doors, no attendance, all that kind of thing. A bit of a... One of my bugbears in this, and, and if you listen to previous episodes, you'll understand what I'm trying to say. The post-fight press interview, sorry, the post-fight interview, is a massive opportunity for, for some of these fighters to get their name out there, to get their brand out there. A lot of them don't take it, and you'll have heard my, heard my frustration previous times um, when a lot of them don't prepare and, and just come out with the same old spiel. But a lot of the fighters do prepare. Somebody like a Sergio Pettis, whose brother has been in the game for so long, has been there to the top, top, top of the mountain on the Wheaties box. And Sergio Pettis, who himself has been around, he's a young guy, but he's been around a long time. To cut him off and not give him an interview when he's the main event. I understand, obviously, they're sort of dictated um, by TV times and stuff like that. But when you've got a four-fight card, and one of them was a finish in the first round within two minutes. Yes, the rest all went to decisions. But you've got to plan that better. You've got to give him in a main event who's been promised a title fight if he wins... You've got to give him an opportunity to, to start selling that fight more for the like for, for obviously the personal brand of Pettis, but also for the brand of Bellator. You've got to give them an opportunity to to sell that fight for you guys. A poor poor display from me, not not having that opportunity. Obviously, press post fight press conferences and all that are great, but unless you are tuned in to sort of Bellator channels on Twitter, on social media, etc., your casual fan isn't going to watch that. 
as I understand it, in, in America, the, this fight is on the Paramount Network, which is free to watch TV. So you're going to have eyeballs there and then. You want to get them hooked and be selling that next card. They don't want to, these, a lot of people aren't going to then go and find it afterwards on, on, and watch post-fight press conferences. I think they, they missed a massive trick there, and it's a poor show, really. For, for a show that's 242, uh, on the 242nd show, you shouldn't be making mistakes like that. I know, I get that it's, it's a little bit of testing the water in terms of no live crowd and all that kind of thing, but you're experienced enough, Bellator, as, as a show to be able to do that. And and it's it's a poor show from me to 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 cut him short and not give him an opportunity to uh, to get his point across there. But but it was a very good performance. Uh, with all that being said, from Pettis, um, very dominant. Obviously, thirty twenty seven across the board in terms of a decision. Very very dominant. He he should be the next champion with his pedigree with the, with the background he's got. He obviously was kind of unlucky um, in the UFC. I think um, a couple of losses was actually coming off a win when he when he uh, re- took himself away from the UFC brand. Obviously, he's a name, so he can earn that sort of uh, sponsorship money, all that kind of stuff. He's now got two wins in, in Bellator there, so uh, obviously the title fight is next for him, which which makes sense. Um, so, yeah, good luck to Pettis. I do like the Pettis boys. Um, I, I, I always you know, root for them when they're fighting and hopefully he can, uh, he can go up to that next level, get the championship and who knows, maybe one day back in the UFC with a bit of momentum behind him and go for the strap there as well. Um, another impressive performance from Aaron Pico, who uh, obviously has had all the hype in the world. Um, unbelievable wrestler. He's a, a golden gloves boxer. Um, he, he, he is a superb sort of, again, they, they talk about um, prospect. He's 23 years old. He had those couple of losses and he'd spoke about them in his post-fight press conference, uh, in his post-fight interview, sorry. Um, he spoke about those losses and how he's learned from them. He's now at Jackson Winkle, John. Um, so it, it, will he become a bit of a boring fighter? quote-unquote boring fighter, as in he's he's just going to get the win. Doesn't matter how he does it, he's going to get the win. So if he has to rely on his wrestling, um, he will do it. But when you look back through his his fight career, very short fight career. He's had nine fights, pro fights. All of them have been finishes. So he's not going to become a... He isn't a boring fighter. Obviously, with Winkle John and Jackson, they are the, the masses of game plans. They may start making him rely heavily on his on his um, wrestling. So when he starts stepping up in competition um, against sort of more named and well-known fighters they may sort of make him rely on that more and, and maybe use that sort of, again, you don't like to use this, lay and pray technique. Um, but again, he is an exciting guy. He can finish it anywhere um, with his wrestling. Like I say, that leads to his his jiu-jitsu on the ground and being a Golden Gloves boxer, he, he can knock people out. Um, in fact, I'm looking at his record now and all his wins are by way of KO or TKO. He, he's, um, apart from his last fight, obviously with the, with the rear naked choke, um, and he has lost by a submission. So, yeah, a, a guy that obviously all of the uh, all of the accolades in the world, and hopefully he does go on and and, and really boosts himself um, under under Jackson Will Wink. Um, I I think he's he's got a well, <laughs> no shit Sherlock. He's got a, a very bright future ahead of him if he can uh, if if he can keep going. Um, so yeah, just wanted to sort of mention that with him and, and obviously with the Bellator card and the fact that, yeah, I was, I was very disappointed with them, um, like I say, in the fact that they give somebody like a Pico, who obviously they're trying to shine, which is great, give him the mic, give him the spotlight, give him the opportunity, um, but then not to give it to somebody like a Sergio Pettis, who's one of the biggest names that isn't at the tail end of his career in Bellator. 
give him a, give him an opportunity. Poor, poor. I, I love Bellator. I, I do like the brand. I like what they're trying to do. Um, but poor, poor, poor showing from me. You've got to give him an opportunity. Um, to uh, to to like I say, sell the next fight for you guys as well. It's not just him that's getting the shine; it's you guys as well. And with that being said, that uh, that brings an end to this episode of the Back Your Chat podcast. Again, like to hear what your thoughts are, um, especially regarding the Mike Tyson Roy Jones Jr. fight. Is it something you're looking forward to? Is it something you'd rather not watch? Um, rather not watch them getting uh, sort of knocked out and trying knocking seven bells out of each other. Um, and also, what did you think of the Bellator card? Um, did you did you feel the same way as me, or or, or you know, w- was it just one of those things that that perhaps uh, was poor planning? Um, and again, I hope you guys look forward to tonight's card, uh, Robert Whittaker versus Darren Till. I will be supporting Darren Till with my Liverpool shirt on, ready for to, uh, to see him get his hand raised. So until next time, guys, take care, stay safe, and I look forward to hearing from you soon. Cheers. Ta-da. Bye-bye.